812, it's mornings with Sue and Andy, and every month we have the opportunity to join the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science to discuss all the great conservation work our zoo is involved with across the globe. Now he's here to answer a question for us, so let's leap right to it. <laughs> I get um, it. The leopard frog, is that a grapefruit-sized frog? An invasive alien. <laughs> oh, with the answer, we're joined by Dr. Axel Morenschlager. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Well, let's talk about well, it. Well, can you describe what the leopard frog looks like to us uh, to begin? Yeah, sure. Uh, so one of the things about them is they have spots on them. So they're a, a froggy green, mm-hmm. and they have black spots on them. And that's how they got their name. Um, they're northern leopard frogs because they live in the north. They're actually specially adapted to our Canadian climate. They're just as Canadian as can be because they can overwinter under the ice in lakes and streams, for instance. But as we broach this topic, it's a bit frightening because I want to talk about alien invaders (laughs) and how they have their beady eyes fixed on some of these cute little guys that we care about. Um, But first of all, I just want to acknowledge really quickly that this has been a big weekend for for frogs worldwide. It turns out that chocolate bunnies, of course, get a lot of attention at Easter. True. And um, But there, there are actually, which I didn't know before, annual Cadbury bunny tryouts with social media campaigns to vote for the best honorary Easter bunny representative. It's very stressful and, you know, a big <laughs> event. And White's tree frog, native to Australia, just emerged the winner. I'm happy to let you know. And will be part of future Cadbury ad campaigns. So we're going to so eat Easter, Easter frogs now? No, don't please don't eat all the frogs. <laughs> but you're right; they are they are going to be part of campaigns and stuff. And it's good because it helps shed a, um, a spotlight on the group of animals, the most endangered group of animals on the planet, because forty percent of all frog species are currently at risk of extinction. If you can believe it. Well, Doctor Axel, this this northern leopard frog, if it lives in the north, it lives under the ice. It's mm-hmm. hardy. Andy said it's grapefruit size, so it's ginormous. Why are they so at risk then? Yeah, they're not the ginormous ginormous ones, actually. Um, There's a whole bunch of issues, uh, primarily around habitat, um, for instance, and they've been at risk across the prairies, and we've been helping them in different ways over 20 years. But actually, in British Columbia, they're just hanging on by a thread. In fact, they only exist in one last population uh, around Creston, like a native population, and then one reintroduction site. And the reason is like a lot of habitat loss, but then also worries around two different kinds of aliens. Mm. And one of these aliens is invisible. And the other one is the gargantuan one. And the invisible one will sound familiar in some ways. It's a disease that needs to be there. It spreads rapidly. It can kill you. goes all around the world. Not COVID, but it's something uh, similar in the froggy world called chytrid fungus, and it's caused massive extinction. Um, it was introduced accidentally into Panama. I, I did some instructing in, in Costa Rica in 2007, and in a rainforest, I asked to see, see some frogs, and they said there's no frogs left because of this fungus. Mm. Wow. So it's reached Canada, too, and the leopard frogs in BC are really affected by it. Um, but this is not the only worry now. We have another big alien on the Canadian doorstep. It's the bullfrog. That's the Ooh, huge one. That's the big one. The bullfrog, yeah. And it's, it's like 30 times the size of a, lord, uh, of a northern leopard frog. And it's, it's just gobbling its way across uh, Western North America. It was actually introduced into Western North America by settlers from the mm-hmm. east as a snack. 
They want to have some familiar food source hopping around in the wild. And they're not really a problem out east, but they are in the west. And so wherever they've gone, they've had a devastating effect on other frogs. Basically, they just eat anything that can fit into their gargantuan mouth. And now they're lurking 11 kilometers south of the Canadian uh, border, and they silently have plans to ignore the moratorium on border crossings. Um, so the, the, in fact, our team has been contracted by the Idaho government to look at the recovery of northern leopard frogs there, depending on the habitat and on all these bullfrogs. But at the same time, the team is now working with collaborators with the BC recovery team to find new reintroduction sites in BC that not only have to worry about, you know, being far away from disease, having the right habitat, but actually being able to get away from these invading, terrible bullfrogs. And see, one of the things about it is this is where you got to know your species and where the science kicks in, because what chance can they have, right? You've got this gargantuan thing coming in to eat you. And uh, what I find so cool is that under leadership of, of Leah Randall on our team, is they're looking now at reintroduction sites that are good for leopard frogs, but bad for bullfrogs. And while the bullfrogs are so huge, they aren't at every stage of their life. In fact, in the winter, they're kind of vulnerable because they're just little tiny little tadpoles right. that, that will be like in wetlands. And so what, but our leopard frogs in the winter time actually overwinter as adults in streams uh, or lakes. And so the cunning strategy that they're developing is that um, they're looking for like shallow wetlands which will, um, which will actually freeze to the bottom in the wintertime so that the tadpoles of the bullfrogs die while our leopard frogs get out of the way at that time of year. Um, Axel, yeah. I got, I got, I, I'm so sorry I want to jump in. I, I love, we love talking to you. You've got such great information and, and hearing all the, the great conservation work that the zoo does. We have to let you go for time, but thank you so much for joining us this morning and letting us know what's going on with these, these beautiful little animals. Well, thank you for supporting the, the wildlife that we care about while, you know, going against the evil invaders with us. Always. We've got your back on that one. Thanks so much, Axel. Appreciate it. All right. It. Thank you so much. That is Dr. Axel Morenschlager, the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science.